Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from lead pastor Dave Carroll as he challenges us to get uncomfortable through the message Big Sky Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. Let's join in now. When was the last time you were truly comfortable? I mean, really comfortable. You know, like, you were in the zone. Nobody could get you up off the seat. You were comfortable. Uh, I remember my greatest moment of comfort uh, was a very, very uh, specific moment in my life. And it's, it's going to be lighthearted. I'll just prepare you for that. And so let's back all the way up to 1888. Any of you around 1888? Uh, there was a guy named Frederick Leitmanser uh, who was working on carrots. Okay? He was working on carrots. And he had dissected the carrot all the way down to the point where he had found this thing called liquid crystals. All right? Now, if you fast forward... Uh, about 70 or 80 years or so, to 1964, um, there's a guy named George Howmeyer who took the liquid crystals that the other guy found in 1888 out of the carrot. He took them and found out you could make a picture out of these crystals. He actually found out that you could put color in these liquid crystals. Later on, there was a, another team led by Donald Blitzer in 1964, a team of three guys, who, dis- who made these things called LCD, Liquid Crystal Display. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, not exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this team put this together, and they were the guys that put the first liquid crystal display together. You know, it's probably some sort of microwave or digital deal. Um, you fast forward all the way. Uh, there was a lot that happened in between. I mean, it didn't just, you know, nothing happened 25 years later. But you fast forward all the way to 1982, and there was a company called Seiko. Does anybody remember Seiko? Uh, Seiko put out watches, and they put out clocks. Well, they made the first LCD script TV screen on a watch. And so you had a little digital picture, and you know, you had, a, you know if you had Atari going on at the same time, right? The little guys, like the boxes going. And we had liquid, liquid crystal display from Seiko. You go all the way to 2009, and it turned from not liquid crystal display, but LED lights, right? And then uh, there was this guy named... Uh, Jerry Jones, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, who built a 170 foot wide, by no, 160 foot wide by 72 foot high screen called the Jerrytron, and it sits at the Dallas Cowboys football stadium. Um, yeah, there you go. I knew that I knew that Jesus was going to show up with this right here. I just knew it. Um, I knew God was going to just speak to your heart. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's this TV, but as, as awesome as the Jumbotron TV is, uh, the, one of the greatest moments of comfort in my life was in about 2005, 2004, uh, where I lived about two and a half hours away from my parents. My dad calls me up one day, and he says, Dave, I have something very, very important to share with you. Yeah, what's up, Dad? I'm thinking something really nice happened. And uh, he goes, you're going to have to come down to the house tonight. It's Friday. I'm thinking, on a whim, he goes, yes, you're going to have to. Well, why? I just bought a 55-inch LCD Sony. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Now, if you have to know, uh, for the first like five or six years, ain't I been married 13, 14 years now, so I'm oh, not quite 14. And uh, um, it may feel like 14 to her, but it, you know, to me it feels like 13. Um, so we get in the car, we drive down, and I walk in the house, and I'm like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to do this. For our whole marriage, we had this 19-inch box, okay? So the whole concept of someone and that I knew, you know, that I had, I'm at, like, you know, unabated access to, for a 55 CD, I'm there. And so we drive two and a half hours, and I walk in the room, and not only do I have 55 CD, but 
he had this brand new sectional leather couch. It was like top of the line. And I sat in it, and I said, Dad, I don't think I'm ever going to get up. For the next eight hours. <laughs> I got there, you know, this is from like South Florida, like West Palm Beach to Miami. Uh, we get there at like 6 o'clock. Okay, so eight hours. We're going to 2 o'clock in the morning. Not only me, but my dad, my oldest son, Aiden, and my second son, Drew, were all sitting on the couch like this. <laughs> just watching whatever it was that came on, you know? All of a sudden, you know, Disney Channel looked really cool. All right? And I'm like, you know, normally I'm like, turn it off. I've heard that a thousand hours. Well, we sat there for eight hours. My mom tried to get his dinner, and my dad and I were like, yeah, you can bring it over here. You know? And it was just comfortable. And, uh, you know, it was, it was bedtime. Dave, you put the kids to bed. Uh, they can't. We're all watching TV. You know? And uh, you saw it in the drama. Uh, sometimes we get so comfortable, so comfortable, that we, we can't move. And, and it's that way in our spiritual life, too. And today, I believe that, that God put a star in the sky where some wise men could see it and get uncomfortable, leave their land, uh, get political pressure going on. They, they go through all these struggles, and, and they, they do that. They leave everything they know so they can find Jesus. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Many of us today, if it would have been us that saw the star in the sky, we would have said, God, too busy right now. I'm not going to follow after you. I'm not going to seek after you. I'm not going to get off the seat. I'm not going to leave the TV. Why? Because I'm comfortable in my life. And so today, it's going to be, it's going to be a message where occasionally you're going to go, ugh, because I believe that God wants us to get what word? Uncomfortable. Uh, let's read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and then we'll break it down. Sound good? Um, and uh, by the way, um, I'm reading today out of this uh, Start Bible. It's a, just a New Testament, but this is one of the Bibles we give away for free. Uh, if you have just recently come to know the Lord, uh, or maybe you don't have a Bible, or you haven't been around church in a while and you want to get back, this Bible uh, is called Start because it's there to help you start your journey of faith. And if you just come out to the welcome table after, I'd love to meet you, bring your connection card. The offering is going to come at the end of the service. Um, but, but you know what, uh, if you bring your connection card out to the table, come meet us. We'd love to give you that free gift. And uh, if you don't have a Bible or you need to know more about God's Word, you can pick this up. Sound good? So uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We're going to read the whole shoot and match here. So here's what it says in God's Word. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came uh, from the east, and they came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. He didn't know this. So verse 5 says, So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, this is the prophet Micah, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, he determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. If you've been around the Bible at all, you know why. It's because he wanted to kill uh, all firstborn children up to two years old, right? He wanted to get rid of them because he didn't want to, he didn't want to compete in king. Um, and so... Uh, Verse 9 says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them 
So they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Hence the song we sing, Joy to the World, right? And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then this is, this is going to get messy when we get to verse 12. It says, Then, being divinely warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way instead of going back. And so today, um, I want to give you uh, four ways and four reasons we can get uncomfortable. Um, four ways that, that people got uncomfortable in the Bible. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, it's there, there on the back of your program. You could write uh, notes there. I actually gave you the sentences so you can write other things. Um, the first one is this. If we're really reading the Bible, we stop. Verse, verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. You could easily just blow right by that, but here's the truth. And here's, here's your first thing you need to know. Jesus got uncomfortable so we could be in relationship with him. We, we blow by that verse, but what we don't really understand is this. We don't understand exactly what Jesus went through to get to a manger. You know, one of the reasons why many people don't believe uh, Jesus is they think, oh, he was just another man. Well, that's not, that's not possible. Here's really what happened. Here's Jesus. Jesus was up in heaven, uh, Son of God, God himself. And, and really what happened was he stepped down from heaven to earth. Um, God is not a man. God is spirit. Have you, ever, have you ever stopped and considered that? God became a man for about 33 years. But God is not a man. God had to become a man. And this, this is important to our faith because I want you to know you walked in today to, to a belief system. You walked into a faith that has roots all the way back through eternity. That's pretty far, isn't it? That's pretty far. And so today, if you walked in, your faith has been shaken. Maybe, maybe you need a little shot in the arm to believe God really is who he says he is. Uh, let this Christmas remind you that God decided to step from heaven to earth and that he's eternal. He didn't just begin at, there at the virgin birth of Mary, but he existed before that only where? In heaven. And so uh, Jesus gave up a ton to get to the manger. Here's what he gave up. If you want to make a list, you can write a list. Uh, here's, here's what he gave up. One, he gave up um, his right, his right as a son. You know, he, he gave up his right as a son. When he came from heaven to earth, Jesus did not have to uh, give up everything, come as a baby, have no control, you know, uh, have, have all the elements on him. I mean, he created everything. He gave up the rights that he had as the Son of God. He can command the waves. We saw that later on. And, you know, he can stop the storm. We saw that later in his life. He could do anything, but yet he gave it up and sat in a manger. You know what else he gave up? He gave up worship and praise. He, up in heaven, he was there. There was a host of angels around him, singing and praising him and giving him glory and, and telling him he was God. Hey, God, we love you. Telling him how perfect and holy he was. He steps down, and there's a king who wants to kill him. You see what's happening here? How Jesus got uncomfortable? You see, I appreciate that this about God. God is not a God who asks us to do stuff that he hasn't done himself first. Isn't that awesome? You know, so when he asks us to step out and get uncomfortable, he's gone through all the stuff we've gone through. And that's a really amazing thing. And, and he was, he was mis mischaracterized there in the manger. He wasn't given the correct representation of who he was. Uh, when you say glory to God, really what you're saying is I'm going to place the correct value uh, on, on someone. And I'll give you an example. Uh, in Florida, uh, where I moved from, we, uh, we had this humongous bubble burst uh, of the housing market. Okay, how many of you have heard about that? 
You heard about the, the big bubble burst down there? Well, here's what happened. There were people who bought homes. I mean, like, I don't want to talk about big homes. I'm talking about, you know, 12 to 1,500 square foot homes, three, two. They bought it, you know, just a little quarter acre, enough for a family. They bought it for three or $400,000 because the market hadn't inflated that much. They got in, and a month later, uh, they called to, maybe, maybe they wanted to see how much their house was worth, or maybe they wanted to refinance or do something like that. They call, and here's what happened. How much is my house worth? They go, oh, $150,000. Can you imagine if you would have just signed up for a house for $300,000 and been told just a few days, weeks, months later, oh, that house is just worth one fifty dollars now. Well, here's one dollars I would think, well, hey, what's up? Well, Jesus, he had $300,000 value in heaven. He steps down to earth, and they're saying, oh, worth one fifty. dollars You have a lower value. So Jesus endured all these things. I want you to understand this first, and we're going to move on to what applies to our life, because um, most good relationships begin by someone stepping out of their comfort zone. You get this? Any good relationship. Like, I think about when Amy and I got together. You know, I think back to that story about if you got together with your spouse, or, or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or, or, or someone you liked, and you were trying to uh, get a, a relationship going. Um, there's always this moment of uncomfortability. Someone has to step out of what they're used to, don't they? Uh, Amy sent her roommate, uh, who, who happened to sit next to me in class, with a note that said, hey, I really like the guitar lesson you gave me last week. And you know, me being the guy that I am, I went, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, so you liked it? Oh, good, so what do you want to have another guitar lesson? And her roommate looked at me, and she actually hit me on the shoulder. And she said, hey, I wasn't talking about the guitar. She really liked the guitar lesson. I was like, well, good, I'll give her another guitar lesson. You know, and, you know, sometimes we can be pretty thick up, up here, but you know, spiritually we can be pretty thick too. When God is saying, I, he sent out of heaven to earth and got uncomfortable so that we could be in a relationship with him and so that we could pursue being close to him and we give him the tip arm and go, oh, oh that's nice. I don't know if I want to do that and step away from God. But all the while, God's getting more and more uncomfortable so that we can be more and more in relationship with him. And, you know, there was that day where she said, hey, I mean, she really <laughs> likes the guitar lesson. And I went, oh, oh, you mean she, it wasn't just the guitar part. She's like, no, you idiot. Yeah. And, I, and all of a sudden I went, oh, I guess I, guess I better go ask her out. But you know what happened? Amy stepped out and got uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, I was able to pursue a relationship. Well, Jesus did just the same thing for us this Christmas season when he was in the manger. Do you, do you grab that? And it's really easy to, to just breeze past that verse that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, born you know, in Judea, and that uh, that was nice. Yes, that's a fact we know. But I want you to grasp exactly what Jesus did. And so uh, that leads us to the, to the second thing I, I want you to understand. Um, and this, we're going to look verses 2 through 6 here in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, and this is the second uh, point if you're taking notes. Um, God provided several ways to know Jesus was really God. God provided several ways to know Jesus was really God. When Jesus gets uncomfortable and when he pursues a relationship with someone, he doesn't just uh, do one little thing and then back off. You know what he does? He passionately pursues you with everything he has. He brings all of heaven at you to say, I want to know you. I put a star in the big sky so that you could know me. I, I told a Christmas story in Matthew chapter 2 so that you could know me. And, and here's the deal. These wise men that came, 
Um, they probably had a ton of different resources that kind of pointed them that God was at work in their life, and he was at work with the people around them. Have you ever had that, that cool thing that God has done uh, where something just miraculous or something different has kind of happened? And, and you know as God speaking to you saying, hey, you need to move. You need to move. Well, here's the ways that God spoke, could have spoke to the wise men. We're not sure if they just saw a, a, mirror, a star and said, well, this is a miracle, this is great. But here's the first way, creation. God can speak through creation, can't he? He made everything around us. He made, he made the Beartooth Mountains. You know, he made the rims. He, he made what we like to call in, in Montana, the big sky, right? He, he made it all. He made it all. And you know what? God can use creation to draw us closer to him, to speak to us. Um, have, have you stopped and listened to God through his creation? Um, and, and we see that happen in verse 2. When, uh, um, when the wise men asked King Herod the question, where is he, in verse 2, where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We have seen his star in the east and come to, to worship him. Now, here's the next way um, that we can know God, that God pursues us, that he speaks, that we just see right here in the scripture. Look at verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and who else was troubled with him? All of Jerusalem. Because when there's trouble at the top, when there's trouble with the president, America goes, whoa, right? When there's trouble with the king of Jerusalem, Jerusalem says, whoa, they're all troubled. Uh, and, and it says, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and people, he inquired about them where the Christ was to be born. We know from other accounts because he wanted to kill him. Okay, and so here's the second way God can speak through your life circumstances, and he can speak uh, through political pressure. Has there ever has there hasn't been any political pressure in 2012 at all, right? Yeah, you, know, you hear about different opinions. Uh, oh no, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Um, I know some of you on college campuses, there's no political talk at all on college campuses. Um, but life circumstances happen, and, and you want to know, I don't want to let you know today, um, if you have encountered a place in life where it's got, kind of gotten crazy, may, maybe your life has been turned upside down. It might just be that God has done that because he wants to pursue your relationship. He wants to take you from a place you were. The wise men came from the east. They were over in, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away from, from Jerusalem. But, he, but God wanted them to come to Bethlehem. And you know what? If you're in a life circumstance, if there's turmoil, you know, maybe there may not be the political pressure we talked about, but in your world, there's some pressure. <laughs> you know? With your family, mm -hmm. with your kids, with your parents, with whatever it is. Maybe it's your job and how much money you're making. It's Christmas time. I don't have money. And, you know, I'm only going to put one present under the tree for everyone. Or maybe half a present. Maybe we should all share a present. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you, if you share a present, that would be pretty cool. You know, that take the, the envy and greed away from it. But maybe you had this pressure, and just kind of like here it was, and like the wise men had encountered, they walk in, and they just ask the king a simple question. They said, do you know where Jesus is? And all of a sudden, the whole city is turned upside down. Have you ever had something simple happen to you? So something simple, and all of a sudden, your whole world is turned upside down. That's what happened here. God can speak through your life circumstance. Where does he want to move you? And then the third way is this. Check out verse 6. Um, this is, comes from Micah ch chapter 5, verse 2. Um, and this is prophecy. The, the third way is God's word. God, and this is the main way. God wants to speak to you through his word. Pick up the book. Because this is how they found out where Jesus was. You know, it's like, hey, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's the answer to, to my question about God? 
Well, guess what? The answer to the questions of God have always been in the Bible. And so they say, But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will be my uh, who will shepherd my people Israel. And they read this and they go, Oh, it's Bethlehem. I found an answer in God's word. And so those are the three ways. And I want to ask you this question. Here's the question. How has God been speaking to you lately? How has God been speaking to you lately? And here, here's the question. Maybe we need to back up a second. Has God been speaking to you lately? I want to tell you the answer is yes. The real question is, are you listening? Mm-hmm. Are you listening? God provides several ways for us to know his voice. For us to know where our life's supposed to go, what we're supposed to do. Are we listening? Here's the third way. And we're about done in here just a couple of times now. I said that because I want to draw your attention to another last thing. <laughs> uh, the third way is this. The wise men got uncomfortable so they could get to Jesus. The wise men got uncomfortable so they could get to Jesus. They left their land. They went and asked the king where Jesus was. They, they, all of a sudden, they had to walk. You know, it's not like there was an autobahn, you know, <laughs> back then. It was a long way to walk, even from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. It took a lot of effort to do that. And, and I'm going to give you a little illustration here about what they did. These wise men, I have a lot of respect for them, because they really grasped what it means to seek after God. They really grasped what it means to get uncomfortable. Um, you know, so many times we get focused in our comfort zone. We talked about our comfort zone. That's probably one other talk, talking about comfort. But I remember our first trip to the Beartooth Mountains. How many of you remember your very first trip to the Beartooth? Yeah. Um, I thought that I was on the, the Beartooth Pass because I was newly been here about a week. And uh, I, we were driving around, oh, this is so amazing. It was everything they said it would be. And we found out later we didn't even get to the Beartooth Pass. So, <laughs> uh, we were true Floridians right there. We just showed our colors. And, but but we're there, and these you know the mountains were big, and we're like, oh, listen, listen. And out of the back comes this voice. Hey, Dad, can I have your iPhone so I can play games? And I'm thinking, you have my iPhone to play games when there's all of this. There's all of this. And, and you know, every time we decide to sit in the comfort zone, every time we come up to the chair and we sit down and we say, Jesus, I don't have time for you. Uh, you know what? Hey, someone else can do it. Every time we sit in this chair, we choose to sit here. Really, it's like playing Game Boy in the middle of the Grand Canyon. It's like busting out your iPod in Yellowstone Park. You're missing the beauty of a relationship with God, all because you're choosing to be comfortable. And somehow, some way, we think that's better. Somehow, we think that's better. Can you believe that? And so, uh, what in your life do you need to change? So you could step outside the comfort zone, so you could get out of the chair. What in your life do you need to change so that you can come to the place where you get to the feet of Jesus? Because check this out in uh, chapter 2, verse 10. It said, when they saw the star, what did they do? They rejoiced with exceeding joy. You see, there's joy in leaving the comfort zone of where you are. There's joy in looking up in the big sky, whatever it is that God puts as the star. It could be a person in your life. You know, it could be God's word. It could be that circumstance we talked about. Whatever it is that God's putting in your life, that you look up and see, God, you put that up there in my big sky so I could see Jesus. 
I'm going to change anything I need to change so I can move to get there. And look where they ended up. It says, they, they had great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and married his mother, and they fell down at Jesus' feet, and they worshipped him. They got uncomfortable to get to Jesus' feet. Now here's, here's a, something quick I want to say, and we'll move on. So many of us are good at doing the life changes. You know, we, we, we adjust our schedule. Oh, man, we made it to church. Oh, man, you know what? I, I have so much hurt in the past, and now I'm finally starting to move forward. We make all these changes, but here's one thing that we forget to do. Fall at the feet of Jesus. You see, at the feet of Jesus, there's joy. There's peace. Don't do all the work trying to get to God and then forget about the main thing. Falling at Jesus' feet. Worshiping Him. Spending time with Him daily in His Word. Don't forget those things. Maybe it's sharing your faith about Jesus, letting other people know you have a relationship with Jesus at work, at school. Maybe it's helping Elevation Church with the lost I don't know what God is asking you to do to follow His feet and what, what you need to do to get there. But whatever it is, if God's speaking to your heart today, I would encourage you, make the changes and fall at His feet. You got that? Does that make sense? Which leads us to the fourth thing, verse 12. This is where we get just a little, little chippy. Verse 12, then being divinely warned in the dream, because they were hearing God's voice, right? That they should not return to Herod. Here's what they did. Instead of having the political pressure of a king, they could have been killed for not obeying the king. Here's what they did. They departed for their own country a different way. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. The wise and got uncomfortable so that we could know Jesus today. Do you realize because they chose to, to go a different way back home, you and I have a Christmas story, you and I have a Christmas story, we have a Bible to read, we can know the God of the universe, all because some people tried to walk, they walk, chose to walk a different direction than what the rest of the world would have walked. You know, if it would have been you or I there, we may have walked right back to the king going, I don't want the consequences of messing with the king. But these people, they got uncomfortable so others could know Jesus, specifically you and I. And here's the question of the day. This is what it all leads down to. This is why we looked at the this is why we looked at the star and the sky. This is why we looked at the Christmas story. What are you going to do to get uncomfortable so someone else can know Jesus from your life? What are you going to do? Where in your life does do you need to be dislodged? Where do you need to become uncomfortable? And here's the biggest thing: where do you need to pursue a different direction? If you say, Dave, what are you talking about? Well, you know what? The world is after just a few things. Money, right? We're after just a little bit of peace. You know, hey, leave me alone. Let me be okay. Maybe okay is the better word to say. The world is after, the world is after houses. The world is after land. But not you. Not me. Not followers of Christ. See, this is the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus gave it all and got uncomfortable so that we could give it all and get uncomfortable so other people could know who he was. And I believe God is asking us to do something humongous. I believe God is asking Elevation Church to get uncomfortable, to leave our comfort zones. You know, it's not natural for us to go and make our entire life, while everybody else is pursuing this, pursuing a raise, pursuing uh, a promotion, trying to get bigger and better, you know? Not us. We are, we are choosing to turn and walk a different direction so that other people can know about God. And, and here's a way I want to get you started in that today. I'm really excited about this. Um, on your seat today is an envelope. Um, 
It's a take home before we have our response time here in just a second. Um, and guys, you can come on up for, for response. Um, in this envelope, uh, you can go ahead and open it. Um, I want to give you a little project to help you get uncomfortable. Um, it's one thing, you know, you listen to a pastor say, hey, you need, to, you need to do something for Jesus, you need to get uncomfortable. But it's a whole other thing for us to give you a way to do that. And in here, we've given everybody about five or six uh, what we're calling generosity cards. And it's a way for generosity is a way to dislodge you from the comforts of life so that someone can know Jesus because you live. <laughs> because you take up air of this planet, someone can know Jesus. And so um, the card says generosity so that you can be reminded Jesus gives real life. And what a better time to have shared generosity than Christmas time, right? Mm -hmm. And so it has elevation, elevation buildings. There's the plan of salvation on our website. And, and here's what we're asking you to do. Uh, this next month before next preview service. We put in there eight easy ways to share Jesus. Um, and, and here's what we're asking you to do. To do something simple, something generous, and leave one of these cards when you do it. Here's an idea. You could pay for someone's order behind you in the drive-thru. Maybe you're driving through and you find out it's a family of eight and it's 40 bucks. You go, oh, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> and find a milkshake behind you. I don't know. Okay? So, I, I don't know what it is. But... Um, what you would do is you would pay for it, and you would tell the person at the McDonald's, if, if that's where it was, um, you're welcome McDonald's for the advertisement, uh, <laughs> you, you tell the person, hey, I want to pay for it, but could you give me one favor? Could you just give them this card? Mm. So that they know it's, it's a way that you haven't just done something good for them. Lots of people do good things. But remember, you could do all the work, and if you fail to bring people to the feet of Jesus, you miss it. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church at www.elevationbillings.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next preview service on January 13th, 10 a.m. at Sandstone Elementary. See you there. Have a great week.